I'm Meghna. And I'm Diego. And we're MBA students of ESCP Business School. This is the second episode of our podcast, <laughs> The Business Shit Sandwich. And just so you guys know, last time we were in Italy, now we are in Paris. I know you guys are drinking a little bit, but we didn't. Yeah, we're gathered together to celebrate a very late Diwali with our Indian colleagues today. So from us to you, a very happy Diwali. Happy Alright, so just as a reminder for you newbies, what this is a shit sandwich. A shit sandwich. So in a nice way, you want to deliver shitty news, bad news, right? So you put a nice layer on top, you deliver your crappy shitty news or whatever it is that's bad, and then a nice layer on bottom. That's a shit sandwich. And with us today, got it, got it. Okay, so with us today we have Rishabh Chudgar. Hello, hello. And okay, hello. And Carol Oliveira Modesto. Did I do that well? Very good. Awesome. <laughs> Two of our very talented and extremely fun-loving batchmates. And you know how this works, so let's just get started. All right, let's go. Let's get to it. Let's do it. So imagine we live in a COVID-free world. I know it's hard for you to think about this. It's very hard. I know. But I'll just imagine. You're a bar. There's like shit tons of people, right? Love it. So Karo. I'm already happy. Karo, Karo, you see a really hot guy. You know, yes. Really hot guy. And you wanna here. Yeah, you you're, you're like aggressive. You're gonna go talk to this guy. You're gonna Me aggressive? Yeah. Okay, got it. Exactly. We don't know this shit. <laughs> you're gonna go introduce yourself to the guy. How do you introduce yourself? I'm going up to him yeah, first. Yeah, you're picking him up. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, if I go up to him, well, can we give some background though? Like, where are we? Like, Whatever you want. Whatever in the where, world, where in the world are we? Can you can leave for all you want. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell my boyfriend to wait a second while I go over there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there you where go. I like, go. I like it. <laughs> um, if I go up to them, I would probably honestly just be very normal. I would just ask them what their name is or whatever they're doing. It has to be a situation, but right? you're like, introducing yourself. Yeah, what yeah, do you say about yeah. you? What do you tell oh, about I yourself? I have to go yeah. up and talk you're about myself. You're selling yourself. You're wow. selling yourself. It's all the things I would never do, but okay. <laughs> um, I'm selling myself, so yeah. it's my 90 second pitch. Yeah, you want to like... It can be 20 uh, seconds. Uh, okay. 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 This is the random guy you've met at the bar. It's what do you say? Pitch. Go. It's your elevator pitch. I'd say... Where the most proud thing about myself, of course, being I'm Brazilian. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm from Brazil. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and that's I it. think that's it. That wraps it up. <laughs> yes. And then Hi, else um, so I'm from Brazil. How are you? <laughs> oh, that's it? That works? I'm sure. That actually works. I, I will say this. It works because she gets to the school on campus and the security just like knows she's like Brazilian. They're like, oh, this is the Brazilian girl. This is the Brazilian oh, girl. They're like, oh, yeah. She dances some, I let her in. <laughs> so like, just do some moves and go up to the guy and say I'm Brazilian and that's it. That's your introduction. Probably. Okay, okay. Well, Same nice for you. You're at a bar. <laughs> like, it's there's no COVID. Completely and, different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're at a bar. Well, how would you introduce yourself to a wow. really cute girl that you see? Uh, or a guy, whatever you are. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 it's uh, gonna be good. It's gonna be good. <laughs> confirmation? Yeah, yeah, confirmation, checked. Uh, but I suck at first nights, you know, like, a hit up, uh, like a, I don't have something like a line to like go up to a girl or something. Uh, so uh, I would go up and I would say like, hey, listen, uh, I'm not able to get my drinks. 
you know, I can't get my drinks and uh, could you like, you know, uh, help me because the bartender is going to like probably go to you first when he's going to offer drinks. I'll buy you the drink. But, uh, okay. you know, we can get the drinks okay. and then if she wants, she can talk to me. Oh, so I'm pretending to be a little lost. Oh, yeah. Uh, a little okay. lost, okay. a little okay. like, you know, okay. and that's, that's the way you uh, slip into the conversation. Maybe then I should go up and be like, hey, do you need any help getting your drinks? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, clearly that's not what works. It's, it's really <laughs> hard. It's Actually, really I'm hard. a female, so... <laughs> like, you're in a same bar, you can work. see like a batchmate, you gotta help them out, right? Walk exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very hard for a guy, especially in India, like to go and approach a girl randomly at a bar. And hey, but you're in Paris. What would you do? Forget India. Yeah. I don't know French. The only French I know. Oh, yeah. Don't do your French. Como ça va? Ça va? Ça va? Let's see extend of Richard's uh, French. <laughs> All right, so on a serious note, serious note. So, Richard, you go first on this one. Tell us about yourself, your background, academic background. What have you been doing for the last couple of years? What are you into? What do you like to do? Uh, so, for the last nine years, I was working as an investment analyst back home in Bombay, where I was uh, doing research on companies and I was trying to find investment ideas for my organization where we could make money. Uh, and uh, typically, like, you know, I would go and meet the CEO, the CFO of the company, like various stakeholders in the company and try to understand the business. And then I would like try to analyze like, okay, this is a good company that we can invest in. This is a good, this is not a company which suits our investment style. So that's the role that I was doing for the last nine years. And I was looking at those same set of companies for the last nine years. So to an extent, I got bored. Right. And I wanted to uh, do something more. Something different. Uh, which is why I came and I'm doing this program, you know, like... Uh, you want to stay in finance? You want to do something else or...? So, when I came into this program, I was like, you know, I want to be in finance. But now after doing a strategy or something, you know, I'm opening my uh, horizon up, you know. So, I'm open to strategy. I'm open to... Uh, I'm open to like uh, creating a startup or something if you know we come up with a business idea or finance, you know. So I'm keeping my options, I'm adding more options to myself. I think that's what an MBA does, you know, yeah. it opens your horizons yeah. to like things that you would have never imagined before. Exactly, so that's what I'm trying What about you, Karen? Tell us about you professionally. What I used to do, and what you want to do, just anything. What's your academic background? Okay, so I got uh, my university degree was in international business, so obviously still staying within the same area I have wanted to do this for since I was in fourth grade I watched a show a Brazilian telenovela and it was this businesswoman who was a badass woman and I was 10 years old and I looked at my mom and I was like this is what I'm gonna do with my life and she was like okay and I, ever since then I've always wanted to do business Especially like once I started learning more languages, I realized like international business would make more sense for me. So uh, I got my undergrad degree in that and then I went to work for, I went in New York and I was, my last job was working for a technology company, working as a partnership manager. So I was in the commercial side and I was managing all of our commercial relationships in Latin America. So that gave me a lot of responsibility. Like, I really, really enjoyed the role. Um, it, I traveled a lot to Mexico, Colombia, Brazil, like, go visit them, represent the company, and also had to create some new partners. So that was new, you know, channels, like revenue channels for the company that stays long after I'm gone. So that's, I felt very accomplished with those, those partnerships. 
four languages. And she's very wow. good at like the way she grasps languages. Oh yeah, she's good. She's, she's very good. good. In, uh, she can French, very easily uh, pick up languages. Like, I think. I want to learn yeah. French from her. English should be like up to like ten languages, right? Uh, I know uh, English and uh, two more uh, Indian languages. Do not count French. Do not count French because I'm not French. French. Not no, I should I count French? Should I count French? You know, yeah, no. I know some way. You know, I'm introducing myself. Okay. Yeah. Then I speak Italian too. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Thank you for that. On a fun note, let's say you've been diagnosed with a terminal disease. Okay, you've been diagnosed with a terminal disease. You don't have a lot of time to live, but you've magically been given one million dollars, and you have sixty minutes to spend that money. Sixty minutes. Sixty minutes. Oh fuck! What would you do? Okay, I was gonna originally say like I knew exactly the answer to this question, which would be traveling. But it's sixty minutes. But I can't. Sixty minutes. What would you do? Sixty minutes. I would probably go have a crazy day at like a spa. Like I would get a massage, <laughs> a facial, and everything that I could possibly do to just treat my body and mind and I don't know, do anything that I can do. Well, I guess 16 minutes, like I could only get one massage, but because like you go to like a really expensive That's place because they have one million dollars, you know? know. That's not like a yeah, the most expensive place, the nicest place that I could treat my body before it's under the ground and then. So take a flight to wherever in the world that is and exactly. get yourself like a really probably like Istanbul or something. <laughs> like I can just go have a bath, a hammam, uh, yeah. massage. I think you get there in 16 minutes though. Yeah, 16 minutes. No, no, no. You're right. If you assume that I like a helicopter and they pick you up and drop you. Serious note, I would like give half money to some kind so of. So you have given like fifty. You have fifty left. Fifty left. I would like uh, you know call my friends over and family and just have a good time with them. Okay, book like tickets for everybody in the world. Yeah. And they can come wherever yeah. you are. Yeah. Tickets takes like yeah. two minutes. Yeah, yeah. just have fun with friends. Sixty minutes is not enough to enjoy. Not enough, but life's unfair like that. Exactly. <laughs> no, so. You had no done. I am a good person and I would do yeah. it. <laughs> you are amazing. That is on the record. That is on yeah, the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, she's a good person. <laughs> Alright, so along the same lines, Rusha, who would play you in a movie about your life? Who would play me about a movie? So since I'm old and okay. since I have some grey hair, I, I, I would say maybe George Clooney. George Clooney? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know we can pull it off. George Clooney. George Clooney? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow! What do you mean there? You think of yourself very no, well. No, 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 no. No, no, no. He's I, like I, the I, man. I, There's no one else like him. <laughs> Since I'm old, he's 16. Actually, yeah, I was not very like old. Like... You know what? I was always saying, yeah, you know, it's yeah, yeah, you know. How about you, Carol? Okay, so I've had the biggest crush 
of a woman that I've ever had in my entire life has been on Angelina Jolie. I thought you were going to say that! I just knew it! I just knew it! So, if I had to play a movie, it would 1 million percent be her. Absolutely. Loving myself during it. (laughs) For sure. I can see that. Yeah, I I think you can pull off uh, Angelina Jolie also. I don't know. I'll just put some. No, I can't. I'm I'm just like, I see it. I see it. You can put it in your guy, for sure. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and he's good. <laughs> all right, so and a serious, serious note here. So, you know, Richard, you and I talk about the stock market all the time. We talk about trading, yeah, finances. Yeah, yeah. So, what would you recommend to someone who is trying to enter the financial world? What's your like five-minute crash course? Okay, so if you're going to enter the financial world and if you're going to trade by your own money, three advices, or maybe I don't know anything from me I can get. One would be uh, live for the next day. That means survive for the next day because if you lose money, you need to have enough money to live for the next day. So survive for the next day. Be humble because there are going to be days we're going to make shitloads of money. There are going to be days we're going to lose everything. So the day you make money and the day you lose money, you need to balance your emotion out because it's it gives you a high, it gives you a low. So you need to be humble to an extent. Like, okay, today I made money, today I've lost money, I'll make my money one day. All right? Uh, so you be humble and uh, yeah and the third part would be uh, just enjoy the ride you know learn you will learn yourself uh, through the entire process on besides like schooling like what have you learned on your own so when I can learn alright so when I started trading I lost uh, so I actually waited for three years before I started trading because I wanted to build some kind of uh, financial uh, knowledge base or knowledge base plus some financial power so that I could survive alright so I set I saved my money for like three years when I started trading so when I got my job for three years I was just saving money every month so that I could start trading and then when I started trading I made money and I lost money but over a period of time I started implementing the strategy in my head where say you buy a stock and say you buy a hundred and hundred dollars I would put a stop loss of like say 90 that means if the price falls down by 10, it's it's the stop loss is hit. That means I've lost ten dollars on my trade. So you know your losses. So I know my losses. Yeah. But say if the ten goes to if the hundred goes to hundred and ten, then I raise my stop loss to hundred. So now I'm not going to lose any money. And if the stock goes up higher, I'll keep raising my uh, levels of like say if it becomes one twenty, I'll raise my uh, stop loss or stop profit to one ten. So then I know I'm going to make like ten dollars from that trade. Right. And I keep raising the way it goes. But I, I would never cut. I would never cut my uh, initial uh, stop loss level because that's the way. Like I know how much I want to lose, and uh, that's the money I'm going to lose. But then how much I gain, I'll just keep raising the bar up. So, would you consider yourself like a short-term investor, or a long-term reverse? Like what was your like nine years worth of finance? So I started off with uh, investing like Warren Buffett, honestly. But then I realized that if I want to be him, it's going to be I'll be I'll have money when I'm 70. And I need money right now, so then I started trading. But uh, it's very different when you're trading and when you're investing. When you're trading, what are the differences? The difference is, is that when you're trading, you cannot uh, uh, you cannot be in love to an extent. You know, like you cannot be so into your idea because it, it's moving 
every minute, right? So the minute your loss hits, you're out. But when you're investing, you're convinced in the stock. You're convinced in that company. So when the stock falls, you'll keep buying more because you're convinced. It's your conviction. And one day, you know that you're going to be right. So when I came over here, this is an example. I was convinced on this stock that it's going to make me money. So I bought it, like, say, 500 rupees. It's rupees in India. So I bought it 500 rupees. And when I landed in... Uh, Europe and I was an ESCP, it was at 400. But I bought more at 400 because I was convinced on the story in that stock. I know why I'm buying that stock. I was buying it because I knew I bought a telecom company in India and I knew that the prices of telecom is going to go up in India. So I kept buying more. And now it's at 600. So that was my conviction that because I did my research, I worked and I was like convinced on it. Sometimes conviction will be wrong and you have to accept it and you'll be like, okay, I was wrong. I wrote, I, wrote a, I wrote a quote uh, just a couple of months ago where it says like, when everybody is panic selling and you're a long-term investor, you should be panic buying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true. You agree with that? I agree. That's completely So if you're investing, this is, the, this is the dilemma, right? Like if you're investing and when everyone is selling and if you have money, that's the right time for you to go and buy. But if you're trading, and if, if you're trading and if the stock price is falling, it's a time for you to get out because it's two different mindsets. It's like trading is for short term. I'm looking to invest and I'm looking to make money in like a month or two months, right? Investing, I'm trying to build something over five years, six years. I'm trying to create wealth for myself. So you have to uh, break your mind in those two different kind of uh, uh, buckets. It's funny you mentioned the Warren, uh, the Warren Buffett things. I read something uh, where he was saying that somebody asked him, like, how come he's so successful? Why doesn't everyone just follow what he does? And he, and, uh, he answered, he said, well, nobody wants to get rich slowly. Exactly, everybody right? wants to get rich fast. Exactly, right? So you need to have patience. I mean, if I want to be Warren Buffett, I have to be patient that, okay, I'll make my $2 billion, $10 billion at the age of 70. So you need to have that patience. If you don't, if you don't have that patience, then don't follow the strategy. If you have uh, patience and you can wait that long, then follow the strategy. So you need to figure yourself out. Like when, how much money? What do I want? When do I need money? You need to figure that out for yourself. It's going to be different for every individual when you start investing or trading. Yeah, it's a, it's a learning curve. Yeah. Cool, man. I appreciate that. Good, good info. Okay, Carol. So you told us that you wanted to be a business woman since you were in grade four. And you've worked in sales for the last four or five years, if I'm correct? Yeah. What can you tell us about being a woman in sales? Like, what were your best experiences and what were your worst experiences? And any advice that you have to generally share? Yeah. So, actually, I think being a woman in sales is quite challenging. Um, it takes a lot longer for me to prove my value, once, especially a young woman. If I was maybe like 45 to 50 and I you know, look like I had some experience on me, then it would be a little bit different. But being a young woman, I was tasked with a lot of responsibility in my company, um, just because there was no one else that spoke Portuguese and Spanish and was able to travel around and meet these people. So I had to find new partners that would be willing to be, like I said, partners forever, right? Like whether I'm there or not, like they would yeah. still be a part of the company. So me showing up to the company meetings, and when I show up there and my physical appearance is a young woman, like they think I'm not, like this company's not taking me very seriously because they sent this girl here, you know? So clearly I'm not that valued. I don't want to be a partner of Brandwatch with my company because, you know, this is what they do. So I always had to bring someone else with me who was the vice president 
of Latin America, and he was a male, and he was 50 years old, and he was the most useless worker I've ever seen in my entire life. Added no value. He added no value to the entire company, but he, he had that title. And I was able to go there and run the whole meeting, but be like, I brought the VP of Latin America. Look at him. Yeah, he's yeah. a male yeah. and yeah. he's old. So take that me seriously. Yeah, like, take so, me and, it, and it gave me a lot of credibility in the end, which was very upsetting for me. But at the same time, I had to get over that very quickly. And I realized that that was the way, the best so way for me to... Any you've taken away from that? Like, what would you tell for women who want to get into... Something? I would say just like... It's really hard to prove yourself, but when you do, it's the most satisfying thing in the world. Like, I got to that point a lot with my partners where they were just like, you are really good, and now I see it, and I'm just like, I know it took you a little bit to, to realize that, yes, but now that you do, like, it's, you know, so just keep trying, like, yeah. keep trying, and like, if you have your mind and, and your work dedicated to it, it is gonna be proven. It will just take a little bit longer, but if you are truly dedicated, if as anyone is in their job that they like, they're gonna see it. And once you provide that value, nothing can take that away from you. What's your funniest yeah. or, or worst, like worst experience? Experiences, like tell us something about Worst that. experience. Yeah. The worst experience I ever had, um, I don't know. I mean, I actually, yeah, there was one partner who was a Colombian, CEO. Sorry, it was not a good experience. Colombian CEO, like some fifty-something-year-old man, very much in the like knowledge and the high end of Colombia. And you know, in Latin America, the the divide between rich and the poor is very big. So if he's rich, he has a lot of power. That means in the in the whole entire city. So he had this company. And I was negotiating the contract with him for like eight months, probably the whole time, just me. We were about to sign it, mm -hmm. and right before we were gonna sign it, he messaged my boss separately and said, "Oh, can we have a meeting just the two of us?" And that's without Carol. He said that. He said, "Can we have a meeting without Carol? I don't want her to be in the meeting. I want to have it with just you." And my boss hadn't talked to him the whole time, so he was very confused. He was like, "Why?" He was like, well, you know, she, she doesn't have the experience. Um, and he was like, well, actually, she's in charge of the entire Latin American region. So if you need anything, it's going to be with her. Oh, my boss, boss was amazing. That's yes. a good boss. But in the end, the partner pushed and pushed. And he was like, I'm not having the meeting. I'm having it with you only. And then he did. And I was so angry, like, because it was so difficult for me to swallow that, you know? Like, after everything we went through and after everything I did for him, like, the nerve of him to do that was, like, that was a horrible experience. It was very hard for me to get over it, but, and I knew that after that, they were going to sign the contract and we were going to be partners and I would be managing them. And so, it happened? They signed yeah, the contract? Happened. And they signed the contract and managed them. So, in the end, it was hard because I knew, like, now this is a huge setback, but I will still have to have a relationship yeah, yeah, with you. Yeah, because it's business. You have to. It, it's business, make it exactly. Personal. Like, yeah, I can't yeah. make it personal. So, it was... Everyone in my team was like appalled with it. It was very difficult for me, but it was a learning lesson, you know? And like, I have a question, like all these times that you've been negotiating your sales deals and everything, have you interacted more with men or more only with men. women? Yeah, only men. Only every man. I've only interacted in Latin, because I was in charge of Latin America. 
like I, that was my region. So the, the way that our teams were split up, I was partner manager Latin America. I had a partner manager North America, partner manager Europe, partner manager Asia. Yeah. And since that was my region, I was in charge of managing our existing partners and finding new ones. Every single, Diego will know, like yeah. every single person in power was a male. Yeah, so that's so. what I was interested in knowing, you know, because sometimes it's different when you're negotiating with a woman versus a man. When a woman is trying to negotiate with a man versus a woman trying to negotiate with a woman, it's different. So I just wanted to know, like, what your experience has been. Of course, like, there's a lot of men sitting out there and they don't take you as seriously as you expect them to just because you're a woman. I get Can that. Can there be no differences? I wish. You know, I, I, wish. Would. I wish I it wish. was possible because then you're respecting people for their talent. For what they are. You're not their gender. Are, you know? I completely get that. So and any good think, experiences yeah. that you've had, like something that, you know, during your experience that was really, really good. That was a, like one of the worst that you told us. Any yes. best experiences that you remember? Oh, the good ones is like what I said, you know, like I, in the end, I, I was able oh, to successfully like close a bunch of partners and... I could tell that after meeting with them, they looked at me with very high regard to like help me type of way, you know, where it was like I felt very confident being able to help them and giving them direction as to what to do because yeah. it's a, a specific technology, it's a specific market, it's a specific client. So, fair enough. All right, so yeah, it was okay. worth I know. I know, Carol, I think you did, but I know Carol didn't listen to our first episode, and it hurts me. I know, I know, me. I can't believe that, like, oh, sitting with her and she did that. I'm so sorry, so, I was in Puerto Rico. Nah, <laughs> and we have one of the uh, so, who did the interview also sitting away with us. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to ask the question that was asked in the first one, but since you're not ready for it, it'll be good. What is your... After step. No, you go first. Okay. <laughs> what is your zombie apocalypse plan? Ah, she goes to hell. She goes crazy. Zombies everywhere. What do you do? I really, like, zombies are my least... Like, it's the thing that I least believe in in the world. So, um... So what would you do one day? What's your plan? I mean... I guess the same thing as everyone else, right? Which is just grab a bunch of food and live, <laughs> live in a basement, make sure you have someone to have sex with, and then that's it. Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 you so food. What's your sex? Somebody has sex. Food, <laughs> safety, and sex. <laughs> that comes down to Maslow's uh, yeah, hierarchy, right? I love that hierarchy, actually. Like, I really it believe changes. in it. <laughs> They're just plugging in our marketing professor. Okay, <laughs> okay right. what about you, Risha? Zombie ah. apocalypse plan. Oof, uh, so I am scared of uh, ghosts. <laughs> so I would be probably you scared would of. Rat. You would rather die. I, I've never seen a, I've never seen a horror movie in my life till late because I get scared. Oh, so the zombie apocalypse is too hard for you to imagine. Uh, like, I would probably be in a basement uh, with like how Carol said, food and which I can be with. My God, you're like And at the same time, I would make sure that someone's planning to kill all those zombies off, so you know you can. Like, go back to the world and enjoy the world again. 
side. Fed it off. All right, cool. Well, that's a wrap, you guys. Thank you so much for all of your answers. Appreciate you guys you know, being put on the spot. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you, really thank you, guys. Getting to know you guys this week. So for any job opportunities, any complaints about this podcast, any recommendations, do not reach out to us. Please reach out to either Carol or Risha. We're going to put the info in our, in our uh, podcast info, but uh, Carol is at, at cmodesto6 on Instagram, yeah, right? Correct. And uh, Risha is at, at rishab C85. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, au revoir. I'll be until you guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.